we have to know what our personnel is and we have to know who can do what, where, and how, and what they're good at, because everybody learns differently, and everybody's going to develop differently. And, and that's both from the maturation process, that's both internally, and that's, you know, obviously physically as well. Hey, and welcome to Ahead of the Curve. I'm Jonathan Gellner, and thank you so much for being here today. So we have the pleasure of being joined by Jay Sarah, head coach, Brett Kay. Jay Sarah is a common name in California, but it may sound familiar to the rest of the world because they just had the first pick in the draft, Royce Lewis. A few of the topics we get into with Coach K. Essentially starting and continuing to build the winning tradition at Jay Sarah, how and why all coaches should create personal relationships with their players, and how they are using data to drive their program, especially with the newly acquired track band. I think you're really going to enjoy this one with Coach Brett K. Coach K, thank you so much for joining us on Ahead of the Curve today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I'm excited. Well, I'm excited to have you on, and, and sorry for interrupting your uh, your son's baseball practice that you're watching. We may hear some some yelling in the background because of that, but I love it, and I'm glad that you're uh, that you're able to join us while watching that. But talk to us about you know how you got into coaching, what you're doing currently, and and talk to us a little bit about Jay Sarah. I, I think my story is kind of an interesting one. I um. I was done playing with the Mets in 2003. Um, I played at Cal State Fullerton for three years, and and I and I so I played for the Mets for three years, and you know got to experience professional baseball and playing in Brooklyn and seeing September 11th happen, and we won two rings in my three years, and you know I just felt it was time for me to you know start a new chapter in my life, and I didn't know what direction I wanted to be, whether it was you know continue being a minor leaguer or trying to make that grind and trying to be a major leaguer and. You know, so I made the decision, which I felt was an adult decision at 23, to get started on coaching. It started with, you know, uh, let me try and do lessons and let me try to do, you know, the travel ball stuff. And, you know, one of the things I did, which I thought was really cool at that point in time, I mean, I was 23, is I put together like a, you know, like a pamphlet or like a, um, you know, a, a series of my thoughts on how to coach and what to coach and what to do. You know, it was one night I, that I just put you know, up until about four in the morning of all my beliefs as a coach. And, you know, I didn't take it around with me, but I knew I wanted to get into coaching. So I started slowly with the lesson stuff and I got an opportunity to coach a travel team. And we started bringing some players that I thought were really good and kind of went around Southern California, handpicking them and, you know, really South County. And, you know, that led me to on a whim of being hired as a, at a small Christian school, which is about a mile South of J. Sarah you know, just as a favor, like, Hey, can you, we don't have a coach. Can you come coach right now? You know, and this, I had 14 players in the program and two had never played baseball before. <laughs> and it was, uh, from there, you know, I, I coached three months there. We went 17 and five and, you know, we had some great kids and some, it was a great experience for me. Kind of that first season, I was probably, I know I was a little rough around the edges, but that led me to um, have a relationship with a, a gentleman named Joe DeMarco, who's at a school named St. Margaret's. And he had, was at the time Scott Boris's son's kind of uh, hitting coach and fielding coach. And he referred me to the Jay Sarah job and to Scott, who was on the, on the committee at that time. And long story short, I got told no, uh, three times before I got told yes to Jay Sarah. And that's a, that's a really good story for another day. But then I got the Jay Sarah job. The AD who told me no at that time is now my father-in-law. So that's, oh, that's nice. a short, so that's a short, short, short and long of it. 
you know, I always knew I wanted to be a Division One head coach, and in Southern California, Division One is the, is your highest of the high, and and the Trinity League is one of the top top leagues in the nation, if not, you know, obviously the state of California. And I knew and uh, that I, I I had a vision, and I wanted to create the right culture and do the right things, and. You know, I knew there was going to be bumps along the road. I knew it was going to be worse before it got better. And, you know, I, like I, I'd, I'd like to think that we've done a good job. And, you know, uh, that's really the story of it. You know, and now 13 years later, you know, I'd like to think that Jay Sarah is a name that, that is associated with, you know, you know, a quality program, you know, quality kid, quality kids, you know, kids coming out of the program, reaching their, you know, their, their potential at division one or division two or wherever that may be. And, you know, obviously we have the story of Royce Lewis last year uh, being the first pick overall. So, I mean, it's it's been a wonderful, really, you know, 13-year kind of window. And, you know, I, I don't see myself slowing down at any point in time soon. So that's that's kind of the short and long of it. I love that. And I was creeping on you on Twitter a little while back and before we got, you know, before we uh, hooked up and, and started recording. And I noticed this video of when the draft was going on and you've got all your kids there and they're watching the draft and Royce gets picked number one and this, the entire place erupts. So just talk to us about that. And that just, to me, that told me so much about the culture that you guys are building, that there was just so much excitement and it's just a once in a lifetime opportunity. So just talk to us about that moment a little bit, if you don't mind. Yeah. I mean, we, we as a staff, I mean, I, I wanted to be a part of Royce's draft day and, and my staff did too, but you know, we had to respect his family and he wanted to keep it private and totally understandable. Um, Royce is, you know, one of the, probably the greatest kid I've ever coached. Um, you know, obviously as a baseball player, but more importantly as a person. And I think that went a long way, you know, with the twins when that argument was coming about of who they were going to pick. And, you know, we had heard rumblings and obviously we had, we had all the heat at our games. I mean, we were having, you know, GMs and, 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 you know, uh, Fred McGriff and Charlie Manuel and all these people showing up at our games. You know, so we knew it was starting to get hot. And, and as the season progressed, you know, it was, hey, he's going to be a top five pick. Hey, he's going to be a top three pick. And then that Monday, we got a, I got a call in the morning from, you know, one of my buddies and said, hey, he's got a chance to go number one overall. And we had set up kind of with my coaches and my son and my family, you know, just to have a little, you know, party at our house to experience it. And... You know, uh, last year was a really busy year for Southern California with Royce and Hunter Green and Nick Prado and Hagen Danner and Blake Hahn and some really high draft picks from Southern California High School. And, you know, we didn't even let his name be announced before we knew that it was going to, he went number one overall. And I mean, that was just pure joy. I mean, that was, that was the season we had last year. I mean, we, we didn't get accomplished the things that we want to accomplish, but I mean, that kind of took the cake. I mean, because it's never been done in Southern California you know, or Orange County, excuse me, uh, for a high school player to go number one overall. And it's such a hotbed for baseball. And, you know, that kid just, everything that he has is warranted because he's just a phenomenal kid and he's just a phenomenal baseball player. And, and, you know, the fact that he chose Jay Sarah to, you know, to come here and we got an opportunity to coach him, it's kind of like that LeBron James t-shirt where, you know, you're all witnesses, you know, and and that's what I really believe. I, I feel like we were just blessed to be witnesses to see his growth and, and to see him, you know, become a, you know, that baby gazelle as he was as a freshman to just a full-blown just stout. I mean, he's just a special, special talent. So that day will, you know, go down in history as probably one of my favorite days I've ever been associated with. Well, that's awesome. So let's go ahead and uh, dig into what you guys do to develop your players. So talk to us about, you know, when it, whenever you guys report in the fall, 
give us some some stuff that you guys do and what does a typical week look like well, I, you know, and I think that's a good question because I think it's evolving. I think the game is changing so much. And, and right now, like, I, you know, we lost a tough ball game last night. And I'm kicking myself, you know, for being a dumb coach, you know, but I think it depends on the week and it depends, you know, we're going in a direction of data driven and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's just we as high school coaches have to evolve. Right. And, and I think that's getting harder and harder for people to understand. And, you know, there's an old school way of doing it. And some people don't want to go that direction. So for us, you know, we have to look at, you know, the individual development versus the team development and where we are in a season. So if you're talking fall or winter, we've got a lot of our installs going in place. We may spend, you know, a week on bunt defenses or drags or pushes or first and thirds. And, you know, I don't want to say we dumb it down because there's, there's a lot of complexities to our defense and to our offense. You know, in springtime, we're all about getting reps and, and maintaining our reps, you know, on the field and in the weight room. And, you know, obviously we're doing the weight stuff in the fall. And I, I think it just depends on the, on the season of where we're at and, and how, what we want to do. I mean, there's a lot of installs. I mean, we work on base running and bunting and the inside defense a lot of the time. I mean, we, we have to control what we can control, but it's also about a pitcher kind of knowing his pitching staff. We have to know what our personnel is and we have to know who can do what, where, and how, and what they're good at, because everybody learns differently, and everybody's going to develop differently. And, and that's both from the maturation process, that's both internally, and that's, you know, obviously physically as well. And it's really one of the things that we're looking at right now is changing our whole culture next year. And and in this day and age, you've got so many kids that are playing games. Well, the games aren't as important anymore because there's so many of them. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, when I was in high school or, or college, you know, Summer Ball and Connie Mack and Mickey Mantle and all those leagues, it was the best of the best playing. Now, every, you know, for the majority, every kid's getting that opportunity to play and the games are losing its luster. So, you know, in the social media aspect, kids, you know, are getting right on their phone after a game and texting their girlfriend or playing Fortnite or whatever it is they're doing. And, you know, as a coach, you know, you, you go back to that Augie Garrido video, you know, you, we have to live with this. And this is, you know, where we're so competitive and we have that passion, not to say these kids don't, but it's a different type. And, you know, so we're trying to, we're trying to teach these kids those types of things where I I don't know if you can teach them, but you can teach them the game and try to, and try to steer them in the right direction. So that's really a loaded question. I don't know if I answered it correctly or not, but there's a lot of different facets and moving parts to what we want to have in a practice plan, depending on when it is, you know, in our season of sport. Right. And I don't remember who I stole this from, but they talked about how players are more talented today than they've ever been, but the knowledge of the game isn't quite what it has been in the past. So is that something that you guys focus on, playing the game the right way and, and what you could call the Jay Sarah way? Yeah, I think so. I think it's part of it. I mean, we're playing a lot of games too, you know, but it's not – I'm using those as evaluations and throwing – like we're going to steal third with two outs. We're going to steal – you know, we're going we're gonna to break the unwritten rules of the game to, to, you know, we got to get them to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I think that goes a long way because a lot of these kids, they don't know how to deal with failure. And, you know, baseball is a huge game of failure. And, you know, whether it's playing time or not playing time, we're going to, we're going to be able to find ways to get in there and how they learn and how they're going to develop. And, you know, it's getting into you know how the brain works and how, you know, what are these kids doing offside and, you know, there it's, you're right. I mean, there's a lot of different moving parts to it and, you know, you have to teach them, you know, different ways of how to play the game and it might, may not be their way. I mean, I read a quote this morning about, you know, a hitting coach 
trying to tell you know Vladimir Guerrero how to how to run or or, or slide during spring training. He goes, hey man, my my family in the Dominican, you know, would would drink out of puddles of water, you know, that from the rain. They don't tell me how to do it, and and I don't. I'm not disagreeing with that, but everybody's coming from a different way of life, mm-hmm. and and we we don't know you know, what the way of life is at home. And I always say a good, a great program starts at the home. And I think you have to look at the parents first and foremost. And, and I really, truly believe that statement about a great parent, a great program starts at home, but then we're a second father. You know, we really are that second kind of, we spend more time with them really than anybody on campus. And that includes teachers and, you know, whoever else, the, the admin or whatnot is out there. So we're spending a lot of time out there you know, trying to teach them, yeah, the Jay Sarah way, but also the right way to play the game and to respect your opponent and to respect the game and to do things right, as well as adding all the technology and all the data-driven stuff that we can to enhance their brains. Because in South County, South Orange County, you're getting a, de- a, a demographic where people are, 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 are capable of, of using those things, and, and we've got to get better and smarter. Love it. Do you mind sharing with us some of the data-driven stuff that you guys are trying to implement? Well, I'm big on driveline. I mean, Kyle mm-hmm. Body and, and Mike Rathwell and, and Matt Daniels. And you know, I haven't got to the hitting stuff yet. I'm, I'm still, you know, kind of following it from afar. I've got to take one thing at a time. You know, but driveline and Kyle, I mean, I've just, I've really, really, really enjoyed it. And I, it took me about two years to kind of pull the trigger as I researched it for so long. And, you know, I really like it because, you know, in, in high school baseball or summer baseball, you get kids that are throwing, you know, but there's no recovery. There's no you know, poles are poles. And, you know, I'm not a big pole guy. I wanted to do something different than your normal, just, Hey, go run and do some core work or some medicine balls. Let's do something else. That's going to teach our kids, you know, a proper way how to recover. You know, I wasn't locked in on the velocity stuff at first, but we're getting into that. And, you know, so we're researching it more and we're, 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 we're keeping, you know, logs on who's doing what, what our velocity is. We've actually just kind of came into contact with a track man on our facility. So we're the only high school in the nation to have a track man set up on our facility. So we're getting into the spin rates and the, and the exit velocities and the, and the angles and the deceleration and the acceleration and, you know, where the, uh, where the pitcher's release point is. And that's why I think we're going to go in that direction in the fall and really work on player development rather than the games and then take the games, you know, when we can get them and, and put together that team dynamic and really kind of break down each season a lot differently. Man, that's really cool that you guys have a track man. I'm super jealous and I can't wait to see what you guys are going to do with that. So I know you guys are extremely competitive. And so how have you implemented some competitions into your practices? Well, I, I think that's an interesting subject right now, especially in, in, in the state of high school sports, because what you're seeing now is, there is, there's not a lot of competition. I mean, there is internally, you want to say, but if kids don't win a job, what's the, what's the thing they're doing is they're transferring and they're going to the grass is greener, you know, or the next best thing, or, you know, they're playing in leagues or whatever it is. And, and I disagree with it, but I'll support it because I'm never going to not support a young man and his dreams. And, you know, so I think it's getting harder because, you know, if kids are competing or non-competing, you know, this is real life. I mean, you've got to learn, you've got to compete for a job, you know, when you're older, you've got to find, you've got to interview for a position. You may not get that position. I mean, it's, I can tell you firsthand, I interviewed for two high school jobs when I had no experience. I didn't get them, you know, but it's, it's the way of life now. I mean, it's, we want, we want our kids competing and we want to put everything we can on the practice plan to where they learn how to compete. And sometimes we're guilty of not doing that. And where I think that's our fault, you know, because like last night, I'll give you an example. And we had bases loaded with one out against Orange Lutheran, who's one of the top teams in the nation. And we're down 3-2, and, and we had, you know, arguably one of our best players up there. And 
you know, at that point in time, the competition and, and I always love what Joe Madden says about pressure is a choice. And I just felt like we didn't compete enough at those points in time. And, and Michael's a UCLA commit and he's a fantastic player. And, and I just felt like I slighted him and I didn't do a good enough job of preparing him, preparing him to be successful in that, in that position. And, you know, that's me not maybe implementing the, the right aspect of competition or, or something during the practice plan. So, you know, I take that home with me and I, I struggle with that internally because, you know, we take these at bats and we throw these pitches and we fill these ground balls with these kids when they're out there doing it. And, you know, I don't think any coach is different that, you know, they're not us anymore. They're not. And, you know, so how do we kind of bridge that gap to get them to understand how bad we want it? But we don't want it for ourselves. We want it for them. Mm-hmm. And we want them to see, you know, the, uh, you know, the success of that, that we know they're capable of. And, and, and baseball, like we talked about earlier, it's a game of failure, you know. So, okay, now how do we learn from that? How did he practice today? What did he feel today? Do I have to take, uh, take him aside and give him words of encouragement? You know, or, you know, do I have to get in his face and say, hey, you're better than that. I demand better of you. You know, that, that's like I said earlier about a pitcher knowing or a catcher knowing his pitching staff and who you can do what to and what you can't do. So, but the competition aspect, that's what we want because this league, this league is going to eat you up. And Southern California baseball is going to eat you up if you're not competitive. Mm-hmm. And that's every single pitch. And, you know, it's about winning each pitch and it's about winning each, each detail because they're so well coached and they're so good out here. And, you know, it doesn't matter who you play, whether you're in the Trinity League or the South Coast League or whoever it is. I mean, this it's so really well done, and you have to respect it because it's you. You have to be the competitor, and if you're the aggressor and you play your game and your butt off and you don't win, hey, that's baseball, man. I mean, that's that's the way it's going to happen to you. But you know, it's a really long season, and it's a good season. There's a lot of learning capabilities and opportunities during during the season, and we hope we move on and get better from it. And you know, by the time these kids walk out of here. We want to say that we did everything possible for them internally, externally, competitive wise, passion wise, that we could possibly give them. And that's that's the hope, really. I love that. And I love that aspect of it. Now, Jay Sarah is it's it's a little bit of a different setting because than most of the, the guests that I've had, because it's in a it's in a private setting. Now, do you guys have kids usually K through 12 or do they move in during high school? We are just a high school, but there's a lot of schools that are K through 12. So you have to do a great job of teaching these guys to gel and to gel quickly because they come from all different schools and backgrounds and et cetera. So how do you guys do that? Yeah, I mean, they're coming from – you do you start with that incoming freshman. I mean, everybody's coming with a chip on their shoulder. They played shortstop or they're an all-star or whatever it is. So, I mean, you know who can play and who can't play right by how they walk on the field. So, you know, now now you have to be able to teach them how do they come together. Well, some of these kids have probably played on travel ball teams or against each other or whatever it is. So that's that's another good conversation is because, you know, this is something that we, we, we want to teach our seniors, freshmen all the way up, but seniors really to be able to coach our freshmen. Mm-hmm. You know, if I said, hey, uh, to Jake Reed or Preston Miller or some of our seniors, hey, go coach the freshman team. I bet you they do a really good job of it. And... Um, not that I could do that because I'd probably get fired for doing that. But hypothetically, they probably could. And they could probably handle a game and be able to, to, to coach our kids correctly because they know the system and they know, you know, what it takes and, you know, what type of grind it is and, and how to talk to the players. And, you know, I, I think they would take probably a different route on 
you know, becoming a coach and, and using coach speak and things like that. I, I remember one of our best memories this year was I let our, our let our players coach a game, a, a inner squad game, and they just had a blast doing it. And <laughs> I think, awesome. I think that's, I think that's how you kind of create, you know, uh, the internal, um, you know, love and, and you create days. We have days in the off season, we call it Thursday fun where we have soapbox car racing. So every, we, we get groups of five or six and, are in charge of making a soap, uh, soapbox cart. Be as creative as you want. And we have races down the street behind my field. Or we have a LARPing day, which is live action role playing. Or we have miniature golf on our on our fields. You know, we do, uh, uh, what else have we done? Gosh, we've done a giant slip and slide. Um, we've done a ping pong tournament. We do a lot of those things to where they're all playing together. And it's not like, today I talked to the players about, you know, I want you to go and tell every administrator or a parent you see on campus how to ask them how their day was, you know, or tell them thank you. You know, we, I think we have to teach the youth of our of of our program, you know, how to be able to respond to, you know, an, an adult or have a conversation with them because we're so used to conversating with them through the phone and through social media or texting, mm -hmm. and you know, it's 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 a press a button generation and someone does it for you, right? So. You know, I think that's something that we all need to work on and get better at. And, and, and it, this sounds glamorous, like we do all these wonderful things, but it's it's hard. It's not easy, you know, because you've got so many different dynamics that you're pulling from and you have to bring these uh, bridge that gap, really. That's great and leads me to my next question. And that's, what are your rules and standards? And how do you go about teaching them and making them important to your kids? Well, I, it's funny because right now we're working on a pamphlet for next year, not a pamphlet, but let's say a book of guidelines, mm. you know, so that, so that our parents understand it, our players understand it, our admin supports it. And it could be anything about cuts, which we're kind of probably going to be going to next year, which we haven't done. Parent responsibilities, player responsibilities, you know, the, the academic stuff, fundraising, whatever it is. It's just kind of a, a baseball one-on-one into what Jay Sarah is. And so, I mean, it, I simplify it. I mean, I, I, this is going to sound really simple, mm -hmm. but but I, I don't want to make this a, a forty-five minute talk on on just this part. Is it's be on time and do things right. And you know, I know that's kind of vague, but you know, for the most part, we're we're going to teach you how to how to how to play the game the right way. You know, but we got to act the right way. We got to be you know respectful to to everybody. You know, that's our peers, that's our teammates. You know, I was at a freshman game today and I, I just, I couldn't believe what was coming out of their mouths. And I just, I, I don't allow that stuff. I'm just not, I'm not, not on that. And, you know, I want my kids staying with their own guys and supporting their own teammates. That goes to my parents as well and my coaches and, and, you know, staying classy and, and, and being forthright and, you know, let, let's try to do things right. And, you know, it's hard because you've got, like I said, so many distractions and so many outside resources of players or people telling you how good you are or whatever it is. And, you know, so when you're, when you go through, you know, trials and tribulations, that may not be the easiest thing to do, you know, but, and I have to learn it as well because I'm guilty of it too at times where, you know, Jay Sarah or Coach K, I may not be viewed upon in the greatest light, you know, but I've got to try and it could be because of, you know, a multitude of different things. And, you know, I've got to be, as the head of the program, I've got to be the guy that they look at and, if I'm acting a fool, then, then they can act a fool. And I've mm -hmm. acted a fool before and I'll be the first one to tell you I'm guilty of it because I'm, I'm a competitive prick and, you know, I want to win as much as anybody else in this world. And, you know, sometimes you just got to be like, Hey man, you guys outplayed us. Great job. You know, you got to be able to say those things and you got to be able to tip your cap where the cap needs to be tipped. And, you know, I, I think that's really, really important in this day and age is to show gratitude and to show, 
you know, that that's, that's really, really, um, you know, important. And one of my goals every year is to make sure I point out a kid on the other team and, you know, tell him how much I've enjoyed watching him for two years or three years or four years. And, and I, I don't mean that to publicize it or to market it or whatever, but, you know, especially when I play my old school, modern day, I mean, I really tell them to pass a torch to the next guy and, and to really be, uh, you know, uh, to pass that, to, to be a leader, to lead those kids, because, you know, I like seeing my old program be successful and I like seeing teams from our leagues and, and kids from our leagues being successful. So I think that's important. You know, I really do. And, and it's, uh, it's, you know, a lot of people probably don't know that. I'm probably, you know, people think I'm gloating about it, but it's just, I, I really believe in that. And, you know, it's hard because it's, uh, it's, it's a negative world right now. We're, we're working on so hard on bringing the positive out of that. No, I'm right there with you. And, you know, one of my first years, whenever I was a younger coach, still a young coach and learning in the process, but whenever I was younger is that coaches I was working for, Coach Newkirk at Tulsa Union, who, by the way, has the exact same rules that you do. And I thought he was crazy. I was like, those are so broad. How do you, how do you do? And he was like, just be on time and do things right. And we'll figure out all the rest in the process. So I love that. And and that really hit home with me. But he told me that the kids are going to model your behavior. So however you act, if you act crazy, if you're yelling at umpires, if you're doing, you're letting the kids be fine with that as well. And so that always stuck with me. And, and I love to hear you say that. And, and just something that, that I've trying to been trying to live recently is just model the behavior I want my kids to act like. No, no. I mean, you're right. I mean, it's, but it's hard though, because I'm so competitive so and, and it's, it's, Every head coach, they'd be lying if they didn't say this. They all have an image of how they want their program perceived. And that's internally and that's externally. And that's, you know, it's from everybody. I mean, so when people think of Jay Sarah, what do they think? You know, well, okay, ultimately they're going to think of Coach K or Coach Summers or Coach Orloff or Coach Rue. But then they're going to think of the parents or the players. Well, my goal is to make sure that's a positive image. And whether we win or lose and – you know, it's staying classy in the stands and it's not yelling at players or kids. I mean, I'm going to yell at players because it's just the reality. It's just going to happen at times, you know, but I think being a father has changed, you know, how you go about doing that. And there's still a lot of fire in there, but there's now there's a lot of, okay, let my coach do that. You know, I don't need to do that. You know, let my coach, because when our season turned for the better this year, my coaches took over and that my players needed less of me. And I really commend my coaching staff for that. And for, for picking up on that and my players picking up on that because they didn't need me anymore. I mean, I don't mean that negatively. It was just, I, I wasn't right to, to be in their face all the time. And I had to realize that. And that took a lot of me to be like, and it wasn't like I give up. It was more like, you know what, they need something else. And, you know, at some point in time, you know, we all need that. Right. And it's the hard part of, of being a coach. That's the evolving part. Cause every team you're going to have is different. Every player you're going to have is different. I love that, and that's great advice. So let's go ahead and switch gears a little bit and talk about the spring. Now, you mentioned earlier that getting a ton of reps was something that was important to you, but what are some other things that we could that you could share with us that will help maximize our time when time is at a premium? Well, we, we have a turf field, so we're fortunate to have that. So there's not a lot of putting together the field or Man, doing the mound nice. or home plate. So, you know, we're fortunate to have that. And so that's cut our practice down. I used to be the old Cal State Fullerton way of having 12-hour practices and, you know, making sure more is better. Well, now it's less is better. I mean, these kids are going to get reps whether you like it or not. It doesn't matter where it is, but you've got to make sure it's the quality, not the quantity. And, 
you know, that these kids aren't getting paralysis by analysis by giving them too much information. And, you know, we don't want to be the Twitter world of baseball, but we want to give them the right information and, and, and teach them to, to hopefully how they apply that and understand what it is. So like today we worked on, you know, we had an hour, probably a two hour practice. We lifted for 40 minutes and then for an hour and 20 minutes, we did, you know, inside defense, you know, our, our pitchers and mids did uh, looks and picks. You know, we had our JVs in the cages and then we just rotated them because our freshmen were playing on the main field. And I felt like not only we had fun, but I thought we got quality reps in. We got our swings in. We're ready to play tomorrow. We're, we're staying fresh, you know, because we play three games a week. We play a Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday schedule. So Monday and Thursday have to be really light days where we're maybe giving them information. It's the right information and just cleaning up some details that we may need to clean up on while getting the quality reps. I like that a lot. And that's perfect. And so talk to us about, you know, some of the traditions and rituals that may be unique to you guys. Well, I, I don't think we're a tradition rich quite yet because we're only about 15 years old, mm -hmm. but I've been there 12 years. I mean, I, I think it starts with the former players, you know, the players that really created the program and the coaches that created the program and those players that started it, you know, and, and then the legacy that was left behind by, you know, those players. And, you know, you could talk about, you know, the players from 2007 and 2008, nine, and, you know, you could say Austin Hedges with the Padres and Brett Dalston and. You know, we've sent, I think, 67 kids in my 12 years or, uh, to, to the college baseball. And, you know, and, and, but it's the kids that, you know, uh, Hayden Cornwell went to MIT and Jackson Tears went to, you know, the super academic kids and, you know, the really good stories. And, and, you know, and then you have the Royce Lewis's and the Davis Wenzel's and Chase Trumps and Jake Prees and, you know, Quentin Longrees, all these kids that are at high pro and Sam Cohen who hit the, the, uh, the, the grand slam for Santa Barbara two years back that sent them to the college world series, you know, those kids left a legacy and, you know, there's a responsibility of these kids now coming into the program to not only create their own name, but to create their own legacy. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the, that's one of the big conversations I had. I actually, I actually had it with them last night and, you know, because we lost a tough one and it's, it's really, that's what they do and we want them to do. And I think they want to do that. You know, but it's it's creating their own name and it's creating that that own legacy, which I think is an important piece of of what I think J Sarah baseball is. And you know, to to um, you don't have to live in fear that way. I want you to come out of that shell and I want you to be be your own man and be able to grow up that way. You know, make make your own name as Michael Cariali or Preston Miller or Blake Classen or Jake Reed, so that people remember you. And when little kids come to the game, they they want to be like you. And I think that's important. You know, I think it's fun. I mean, it's, if you don't want if you don't want that responsibility, then you're not in the right program. Man, that is really good. Leave your own legacy. I love it. And we've talked about a lot about data and the best ways to do things, or at least the best ways to do things right now. But it seems like that's always evolving. But what's something that you've learned lately that you're really excited about? Uh, I, it has to be the driveline stuff. I mean, it really does. You know, obviously we got the track, man. So I'm dabbling into the hitting stuff, you know, but I, it really has to be driveline and, and what they've, you know, the weighted ball stuff. I know there's a lot of naysayers out there, but I'm a believer and, you know, I'm going to do this for the, as long as I'm coaching because it's, I'm really into arm care and I'm really into, you know, making sure that what I believe is right. I wouldn't put my players in a position to not be successful or to, to injure them and, you know, having that one-on-one, -on -one, you know, we were the first high school to have them come out and do an implementation process to our program. And that was really important to me because I, I can't, I can't do it alone. And where I need my coaches and 
I need them to be locked into what we're doing, what we believe in. You know, and Kyle and Matt and Mike and all those guys associated with that really, they just did a phenomenal job and they made me, they made us feel like we were the most important people on the planet at that point in time. And it was only a three day window, but for them to do that, you know, and Hey, Matt, I need two hours with you in a, in a green room or, you know, a boardroom just where I can pick your brain. And, you know, that's the direction we're going and I need to know about it because I want to make my guys better. I want to make them healthier. I want to make the longevity of it. I get it. Guys are going to get hurt, but you know, I want to be able to teach it to them properly and be able to have the right mechanics and, and, you know, spin rates and how are we going to make our guys better? And, you know, I think that's throwing the baseballs out and taking BP, taking some ground balls. I mean, you're not doing, in my opinion, I don't think you're doing the right thing. I mean, you know, you, you've got a, a service to make these kids as good as you possibly can. And if that's your belief, then okay, that's your belief, but then be the best at it. Then, then, then make them the best ground ball and fungal guy that you possibly can. And, and then to teach your kid to be the best fielder of fielders that he possibly can be, you know, so whatever coach, they, whatever direction they want to go, that's their direction. That's their prerogative. But with us, I mean, I, we got to keep up with the Joneses, if not create the Joneses and try to figure out what are we going to do for the players that have picked Chase Air's program to be the best they possibly can be. And we're going to fall and it's going to get worse before it gets better. But, you know, I want to be, I want to be on that ride. I want to be on that road and what I think is the right road to, to, to really, uh, you know, the right place and where baseball is going. I love that. And I've got two things to say about that. I think the listeners know how big of a driveline fan I am. Uh, we're on year two of it and the kids love it. And I've actually gotten to go visit their facility in Seattle. And that was during last Thanksgiving break. And they just opened up the doors and answered a ton of, ton of questions. And so I definitely recommend doing that if you're in the Seattle area. And thank you for, uh, for your articles that you guys put out through Driveline on how to implement in the team setting. And those are extremely helpful as well for those of you looking to try and do something similar. But the second thing I wanted to share is a quote that I think Jerry Weinstein, who is unbelievable, the knowledge that he has and that he puts out, but he put out on Twitter that the best coaches I've ever been around strike a great balance between trusting what they've done and always looking to improve their methods. And I think that's something that really what you're trying to do, and so that's really inspiring me for me to hear that. Yeah, I mean, that, guy's the, that guy is like the guru of gurus. Oh, my man. gosh, every subject. I mean, he sends stuff out that, that you're like, oh, gosh, I'm really dumb. I'm really <laughs> dumb. You know, yeah. he, makes you, he, make, he makes you feel small. He's such a smart man. He's so fun to listen to and, and to kind of, you know, especially me being a catcher when he talks about catching stuff. You're like, oh, oh gosh, gosh. Yes. I'm really dumb. You're next I'm really, level. really dumb. Yeah, he's, he's, he's fun. Yeah, but you're right. No, he uh, so I so he had some deal on on his catching stuff, and so I'm about to to dive into an hour and thirty minutes of how to call pitches, and I am yeah. I'm I have a feeling that I'm just going to be completely glued to it the entire time, but I'm like I could c- talk about that for maybe twenty minutes, but he talks about it for an hour and a half, just unbelievable coach. Yeah, that's I mean, if you get around that guy, that's a pretty special you know time to be at, even if you get five minutes of it. We've talked a lot about data and you guys doing things differently. But what is something that you do that other coaches think that you're crazy for doing? I, probably anything. I mean, we are, um, I mean, it's really anything. I, I think that, you know, we are doing things that, I mean, a lot of people are doing. And, you know, we are not by the book by any means. I mean, we're going to take chances. And, and you know, if it's a two-strike squeeze or if it's, you know, if it's, uh, 
you know, early show safety squeeze or if it's stealing third or if it's hit and run, you know, it's, we're going to do things. We're going to try to do the unexpected to catch teams off guard and to, and to attack those weaknesses that we think we have from a tendency base. And people think we're crazy. And I tell our parents, I said, you're going to think I'm crazy when we do this. And, you know, but we're trying to get, like I said earlier, we're trying to get them comfortable being uncomfortable, doing things that they haven't done before. You know, I'm big on the inside game. I'm big on, on base running. I'm, I'm big on all those things. I'm, I'm, I'm big on being up the middle, you know, very, very strong and, you know, everything runs through the catcher and, you know, so there's things that we do that, you know, I, I don't want to say every team does, but, you know, you're seeing a lot more teams doing it. But I, I'd like to think that we're creative in our, our team offense and we're creative in our team defense. And, you know, I have to think if we're playing ourselves, how would we defend ourselves? So and, and that's it's a hard, I think it's a hard thing to do. So and I really uh, that's it's really my coaching staff and, and, and the great job they have done and, and putting together practice plans and. And, you know, being creative with the offense and being creative with the defense. But we are not by the book. We are not by the book by any means. That's so good to hear. And especially with you guys being so good every year and you're still thinking out of the box. And you mentioned that you guys tried to get, you, you tried to get the J. Sarah job a couple of times. So if you could go back and tell your first year self at J. Sarah one thing, what would that be? Patience. You know, I think patience is the number one thing. I mean, it's, I was not patient when I first started coaching. Um, when I got out, I stepped into a varsity job at a small Christian school and then got the J. Sarah job, and I didn't know what I was getting into. And if I could, I mean, I knew the culture of the program had to be changed, and I knew that was going to take patience, but patience on the field was the most important thing because I didn't have that. And I was a yeller and a screamer, and I still have bits and pieces of that in me, but I just didn't, I didn't have that. And if I could tell myself back then what to do, it would be, Hey man, you got to be patient. These kids are not you. They don't have that. Uh, maybe what I had growing up, the differences of of the level of play we had and things like that. And you know, so that's by that's probably by far the first thing that pops in my brain. It's like you just got you got to learn to have patience with these kids because they're not you. They really aren't. Well, that's definitely great advice and something I would tell myself and that I have to remind myself every day. And coach, you can tell you have a passion for being around your players, but what is something that they love that you guys do at practice? Gosh, I, I mean, probably it would be, hey, let's uh, let's do something other than baseball today. And I don't mean that negatively. It's just it's Southern California and baseball in general. I mean, yes, you want to put in the time and effort and you want to do all the extra things. But when you come out to a practice and you say, hey, let's go do something different. Let's go in the pool. Let's go play water polo. You know, let's go uh, to the sand volleyball courts and play sand volleyball. You know, let's go to the beach and go have a swim workout. You know, those that get them out of their element and do something fun with them shows them you love them, shows them you care. I mean, if you're if you're the general, you know, and grinding and grinding and grinding and and, and you know you're gonna lose them. You know, you're gonna lose them. I mean, it's 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 hard because of the attention span. You know, you can only teach one thing. You know, at a time, you can't you can't try to do a million things at once. You know, which we're all guilty of doing. But if you can get them out of that zone, hey, let's go do something fun. You know, but if it, if I had to say in baseball terms, if we were going to hit off me or hey, I'm going to have competitive competitive VP where I'm throwing whatever I want. They they cut they kind of enjoy that where I allow them to speak their mind and let's talk a little trash to each other the right way. They'll, they'll probably have fun with that. Oh, that's awesome. So is that something that you've learned over time? Because I feel like if I was in your shoes, I'd feel pressure to do baseball just all the time because of how competitive it is out there. 
And so is that something that you've learned uh, in the process of your maturation and your growth? Well, I, I think it goes back to the question you asked me about what would you tell your young self, right? I mean, you got to have fun too. I mean, mm-hmm. you got to be able to have fun. And, you know, sometimes a coach's way of having fun is winning, you know, and a coach's way of having fun is the relationships that you're building and, and the players that come back. But you got to make the now fun. And winning and losing, you know, everybody, everybody, Joe Madden said it, right? You know, I'm just throwing all these Madden quotes out there. Everybody treats a winner different than they treat, treat a loser. You know, that's true, but you got to have fun in the process, whether you're winning or losing, because you got to show that you care for the players, and that you love them, and, and you got to make it fun. So whatever you're doing, it's about having fun. You can't be a drill sergeant all the time. I mean, you can, but you can't. I mean, you, you got to know when you can have fun and when you can't have fun. And I think the players have to recognize that as well. Really good advice there. And so being a coach who is really into resources, what are some of your favorite resources that have shaped your coaching career? I think it's the, the connections you're building. You know, it's uh, I played for Coach Vanderhoek at Cal State Fullerton or George Horton you know, or Dave Serrano, who's now at West Virginia. But it's creating relationships with guys like TJ Bruce, who's the head coach at Nevada, and, you know, Jason Gill at LMU and John Savage at UCLA and, you know, Kirk Sarlos at TCU, not that I talked to Kirk a ton, but just watching those guys and how they go about themselves. And then, you know, Twitter actually has really great information, and, you know, and it's becoming a really good, you know, baseball community is such a small community anyways, but it's becoming such a good coaching thing to look at, you know, but I think it's creating those networking and those relationships and asking, hey, what do you got here? What do you do here? You know, Ben Orloff and I, who's the assistant head coach, he's going to be the head coach at UCI next year. His brother's on our staff, and he's one of the bright young minds in, in, in high school baseball, I, I believe. And his brother is one of the best young, going to be young head coaches in America. And, you know, we can bounce ideas off each other and think about this or what would you do here? And, you know, I, I always ask, like, hey, would you have done this differently? What would you have done here? And you've got to be able to self-evaluate and you've got to be able to take you know, information, whether it's positive or negative with a grain of salt, know that your, your friends and your people closest to you are trying to make you better. And if you're trying to get better, then you're trying to get your players better. And really, that's what it's all about. It's about players getting better and kids believing in themselves. And really, that's what high school athletics is all about. Fantastic. Well, I've got one more question for you before you go. And this one I stole from Tim Ferriss. This is my Tim Ferriss question. So what is your favorite coaching tool that you've bought for less than $100? Okay, I would say Ted's Up Baseball by Ken Revisa. Mm, that's a good um, one. It, it's a book. I had Ken Revisa when I was on staff at, I'm not on staff, when I was playing at Cal State Fullerton. So I've been a follower of him for the last 20 or so years. And, you know, Heads Up Baseball and Heads Up Baseball 2 are just, it's like, for me, it's kind of like the holy grail of the mental game. I mean, the mental game is so important. And it's so important in, 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 in the state of baseball and how you do this or that or, you know, how you, uh, you know, breathe and, and getting in the moment and being present and you're know, trusting the process. And, you know, I always go back to my favorite song and, and, and the line that begin, begins to blur, you know, and when that line begins to blur, you know, that's called static in your head. And when the static comes in your head, you hear the voices in the stand, you hear the little man in your head and that's negativity. And it's about simplifying the game and slowing the game down and understanding how, how to do that. And, you know, it's a $20 book or $25 book. And for me, that's the best, one of the best baseball purchases I've ever made. Absolutely. Well, Coach K, I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show and really open up your entire program and what you guys do at J. Sarah. But if our listeners would like to get in touch with you, how could they do that? They can uh, email me and um, 
as in Brett, K-A-Y at jserra.org, J-S-E-R-R-A. They can find me on Twitter at CoachK13. Those are the two places uh, they can find up our Jay Sarah Twitter. But yeah, I'm more than happy. I mean, I mean, if they had any questions, I love doing like coaches clinics and, you know, breaking it down and talking, talking shop with coaches and why you do what, where, how, and, you know, I'm learning if, if the day I stop learning is the day I die. And so, you know, if I could give any information that people want, I'd love to be, more, uh, you know, a conduit of information for that. Oh, that's awesome. And is there uh, anything else that you'd like to tell our listeners before you go? No, just I appreciate everybody listening. And, you know, this is, uh, you know, my story is always an interesting one, but uh, it's uh, it's fun. It's fun to talk about this. It's fun to talk about the game and, and the young men of baseball, where the direction of the game is going. And, and I just appreciate you giving me the opportunity. Thank you for listening to Ahead of the Curve. If you'd like to view the show notes or get in touch with me, you can find all of that information on our website at aotcpodcast.com or on the Texas High School Baseball Coaches Association app. Help us out by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. But before you go, here's a quick word from our friends at Keeper of the Game. Hi, I'm Cam Wright, Keeper of the Game player rep for Frisco American League and Dallas Junior Wheelchair Mavericks. Thank you for supporting Keeper of the Game.